0: Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast, where we inspire fathers to teach values that become the blueprint for the next generation. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared.
1: And I'm Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about the value of camaraderie. Uh, camaraderie is an important trait or value principle that I think is uh, something that can be very valuable if utilized correctly in building your own personal creed, as well as being a father or a leader and um, teaching those around you this this core value as well. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave
0: a day. You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. No retreat, no surrender. You can't conceive of what I'm capable of. There
1: is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.
0: What we do in life, that goes in eternity. So, camaraderie is, uh, uh, you've heard people say the word comrade, right? The, the Comrade. General did you know that comrade is actually used uh, as like a uh yeah f- used as like fellow socialist uh at least that's a, really yeah that's one of the definitions, but of course comrade you know is like a brother in arms or someone who's gone through that, through an experience
1: with you uh so it's kind of the derivative of the word camaraderie yeah um it, i think that there's and i'll and I'll go through it in a little bit too, but there are several different. Occasions or places where camaraderie is very um, likely to happen or very common Um, And and I've had a couple of those experiences uh, where where camaraderie is just very strong But just to dive into it a little bit, and you kind of hinted this as well Camaraderie is uh, a mutual trust and friendship among individuals who share common interests, goals, or experiences Camaraderie is characterized as a sense of unity, moral support, feeling of goodwill or compassion among members of a group or a team. Yeah, I I think that
0: oftentimes those where you see camaraderie, it's camaraderie. It's when people have gone through something together uh, or they've spent a lot of time together together. some of the some of the examples I think when I think about camaraderie is do you remember after you were you were very young. I was in, I think, eighth grade, maybe But after nine eleven, Yeah. But I mean, you've historically have the context, but like every there was so much camaraderie among Americans because we had just gone through this like terrorist attack, alleged terrorist. attack. Well, somebody was being a terrorist, <laughs> whether it was uh, foreign or domestic, foreign or domestic. But we had all gone to this recent event, and everybody was kind of traumatized, and we were all like, "Hey, we all we, let's have each other's back." And so we were almost there was like this level of camaraderie in America that existed that
1: uh, maybe hadn't existed since Pearl Harbor, and doesn't exist now. No, we'll to, to, to a certain extent as opposites. as a whole. I think you do have some camaraderie amongst maybe certain political groups or factions, but I think it's much more siloed now than uh, historically it has been and uh, it, that's really interesting um, and, and one thing that, that I thought of when camaraderie especially when you're talking about uh, countries as well is I spent several years in in South America um, in Chile and it was really interesting because I was down there during uh, I think it was 2010 when they had the World Cup and obviously, it's a, it's a Latin American country, and the World Cup soccer is huge. Football is huge. Fu- football. And um, Chile was in the the running, and they they were doing pretty good. But it was so funny um, after we after there would be a game, especially if Chile won, you would go out in the streets, and it was like a a, a countrywide party. I mean, you go out, you're like in downtown, everybody in their horns honking, and it's just like everybody's yelling and screaming and partying and hugging each other. I mean, like literally the entire town. And it wasn't just that town that was, it was the entire country because there was such like, I don't know, patriotism or camaraderie between, between people. That's what it's like in Philly when they have Phillies games, when Philadelphia
0: wins they they literally have to go i have have some colleagues that work there they have to grease the light poles so that people don't climb the light poles and break the light poles yeah. or get injured or whatever because people will just go crazy and just destroy everything
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> the eagles
0: won, let's ransack our city you know yeah yeah
1: well w- but it wasn't even that it was it was more of like a, a celebration you know, it was not more not of t- an alegria yeah. type uh, more yeah, yeah, of a yeah. celebration but Uh, camaraderie is more than just a friendship as well. I think, um, camaraderie is a bond that strength, that, that is strengthened, um, through shared values, mutual respect and commitment to uplift one another. Um, and I think a lot of times camaraderie can be, uh, it's kind of built in the trenches a little bit. When uh, people go through trials or hardships together, it, it builds that camaraderie. I remember um, when I was probably 16 or 17, you, you did this as well, uh, went to uh, a, a Boy Scout camp that's called Philmont. And basically, it's, it's like a two-week backpacking trip through the wilderness of New Mexico and Arizona um and it is it's grueling to a certain extent you carry oh, all yeah, your food yeah. you carry all your water you're living you know you're living from from checkpoint to checkpoint and you're hiking miles and miles and miles every day um and in order to do that i remember we went on they called them practice hikes right but we went on like three or four uh practice hikes with all of our group that was going to go and we were all in shape and we could manage it. But really the purpose of those was not to like get us used to backpacking, but it was to build camaraderie in the group. Yeah. And I remember one time we, we went on one of these backpacking practices and we went up into the URA National Forest and we did. It was a, a two night, three day hike and it was raining and about 40 degrees the entire time. And it was miserable. I mean, absolutely miserable, but you know, it was miserable for everyone. And I would say that was probably one of the trips that really kind of formed this bond between there was like 12 of us. They were kind of all that same age and this friendship and us kind of relying on each other. And, and we all had a similar goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was just really that, that was one thing of camaraderie that popped into my head.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we had similar, similar experiences. Um,
1: I, I think that about
0: there's, when I think about camaraderie, there's a reason why in corporate America, they push team building exercises so much. I mean, you you know, back early back during like the early two thousands, they were like really big into like team trust falls and all this kind of stuff, you know, that was like a big joke. But, Really, having a cohesive team that, and building this camaraderie among the team uh, creates uh, a unity that that like amplifies your work. It's like you know the Spartans using their phalanx uh, versus just fighting individually. Uh, it makes all the difference. In fact, uh, working together in a, in a unique way—that's how every general has won any war. You know, that's how Spartans won. That's how Napoleon won. That's how. Uh, Doing it differently, that's how the American
1: Revolution won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from a courtlet, from a corporate atmosphere, I mean, I do, they really do try to push that camaraderie. Yeah. And I feel like it, it, in some aspects, it can be, uh, you can get there. But, I mean. Sometimes it's forced. You can only do so many pizza parties, right?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Yeah, well, we did fun stuff. I mean, like my, my team, we went out to, uh, we did like an escape room. And one time we went to do like a virtual VR, like zombie killing game. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're on my team, you, you got Well, there we you We have go. a fun time. But uh, yeah. Yeah, other corporations. Oh. I've seen some places it's like, hey, hot dogs in the break room. Yeah. And they go and it's just like hot dogs in a metal pan. They're like, hey, this is your year end bonus. And they're like, what? Yeah, they're
1: like, hey, sorry, we didn't have. No, we had record profits this year. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, we didn't have enough to go around for everybody's bonus. But, but you know what we're going to do for you? Chili dogs in the break room. Boiled hot dogs in the break
0: room. (laughs) Brutal. Um, So I think that, uh, you know, aside from corporate America, uh, you know, I I see camaraderie amongst some sports teams I've been on. Uh, Some of the sports teams that I've been on throughout my life uh, have actually been the opposite examples of camaraderie to me. Um, In some cases, they have been. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu was one that uh, you, you build a bond kind of good go- especially when you go to competitions with some of these guys you know how they roll you know the moves that they've been practicing and then you get to see them out competing and you're like hey pull, pull that one move that I taught you or or show them that one move that you taught me you know and so that there's definitely some camaraderie there um, one of the stories that I I found that was really cool uh, is you ever heard of the Miracle in the Hudson I'm sure you have probably so this is where uh, captain Sully Uh, Oh yeah, was played played by by Tom Hanks.
1: Crazy move where he turns the plane around and crashes it or something. Yeah, so he takes off from LaGuardia Airport, which is
0: right in New York. Uh, I think it's actually in New Jersey, Uh, and then he has a bird strike both engines, and basically both engines are dead. Like five minutes after takeoff, and he doesn't have enough altitude or engine power for that matter, because they're both dead, to get to the nearest uh, airport, and so he lands the airplane on the Hudson River, and uh, he lands it very successfully. Uh, all 155 people get off get off safely. There's lots of ferries and stuff there that make it r- almost right away and, and help people off the boat, uh, but it was kind of a really cool miracle. And one of the things I think is cool about this this camaraderie aspect is that uh, the people that are on that plane, Captain Sully and then some of the rescuers, they get together every year or, or whenever they're able to. I think it's every year, but they took a break during COVID. Uh, and they have kind of like an event where they get together and share about each other's lives. And they it's kind of like a rejoicing of life event where they come together and they talk about you know, just we like. I think they recently had their twelfth year anniversary. Like, this is twelve years since we've with that we've had extra in this life, and they so do
1: a uh, a memorial polar bear plunge in the Hudson River.
0: <laughs> well, actually, none of them hardly even got wet. Uh, they they cr- were they all crawled out, on, out on the wings. they huh? were all out on the wings, standing on the wings. So they got, most of them got like ankle ankle deep wet. I think one or two people did jump into the water, uh, but they didn't get that wet. And so I thought that was kind of a cool way to continue that legacy. They have these events. They will sometimes raise money for charity about like aviation safety. <laughs> if there's anybody who has a who can advocate for aviation safety, it's this group of folks, right? So, uh, I think that sometimes camaraderie can be forged in situations where people are, you know, in in, in tough, traumatic situations. And I think that's one of those examples.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, a couple of the the situations that I had written down was. Um, uh, military units, the camaraderie is, is really big and important in the military sports teams, maybe professional sports teams where they spend basically every second of every waking hour together to a oh, certain yeah. extent. Um, emergency services, firefighters, police officers, um, a lot of camaraderie there, volunteer organizations, religion and spiritual communities oh, yeah. a lot of times there could be a lot of camaraderie there oh, definitely when yeah. you have very similar values and goals um and then uh survival situations as well um what was the, the what, what i thought about that what was the the argentine you know was, was it I was just you, uruguay the people that crossed in the andes yeah i was thinking about that i was like how much camaraderie would you, you know, your it, buddies it, eat you <laughs> and then they ended up eating the, the the people that died in the plane crash yeah
0: that's I, I, so funny you thought about that. I literally just saw that video of the plane crash on TikTok like today. Yeah, maybe you sent me that. I didn't send it to you. <laughs> Somebody but sent it to me. Yeah, great minds, great yeah. minds.
1: That was crazy. Um, but yeah, so that that that's a couple that 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 I um, situations that I had. One story that I as I thought through camaraderie, who's a group of people that were, you know, tight knit that had one cause that had one purpose. And um, the camaraderie that I thought about was a group of people that were willing to lay down their lives for the greater cause. And that was our founding fathers, right? They signed their death warrant, right, with a a stroke of the pen, with their Herbie Hancock, if you will, (laughs) right? And they signed that declaration and they... Came from very different backgrounds, all of them. Some of them didn't agree on some aspects of things, um, but they were all there, and they all signed this paper as the founding fathers in this Declaration of Independence, and saying, you know, we we want to be apart, we want to be free, we want to control our own lives, and I'm sure that that formed a massive bond between them, knowing that. When they send this Declaration of Independence to England and they say they, re- they read know. all these people here, they're going to be like, hey, there's a bounty on every single one of these guys' heads.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you generally. I think specifically, though, there were some cases where those guys killed each other. Like, was it Burr killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel? Uh, so some of those
1: guys. Yeah, well, that know. was after the fact. <laughs> yeah. That was years later. So, uh, but
0: yeah, I, I do agree with you in, in that sense uh, that they were in all in it together uh, with their sacred honor, as they said. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cool things that I thought of was how Alexander the Great would use camaraderie to his uh, his be- to to forge this loyalty among his troops. Uh, he would lay this foundation uh, of a relationship that would prove itself. Uh, time and time again, until he eventually died. So after battles, Alexander would talk with many of his troops who were wounded and ask them to tell him the stories about their individual roles in the battle, or what they did and how they received their wounds. Hey, what'd you happen? Like their post-action, <laughs> you know, um, review uh, after-action review, they call it. Uh, and so by doing this, he formed this indestructible bond between his men of like, hey, look, I, I was doing this and I got injured like this. I mean, you ever play like a game of paintball, right? What is the first thing you do after? Oh, man, I saw you ducking over there and I was shooting over your head. I could see him coming around, you know? And it's just like, oh, yeah, you have my back, you know? So it creates this camaraderie, th- these moments, especially like these almost like battle scenarios, I think specifically for, for young men where uh, where they can build that. And so I thought that was a, a really cool quote. Um, so... One of the pieces that we wanted to talk about in our segments, uh, in, our, in our episodes, uh, that specifically as we focus on fathers teaching values to their children, is where can this be fostered for kids? What are some of your ideas? I know you already mentioned off some general ideas, but for children, where can some of these, where can camaraderie be fostered? How can we as fathers provide a space or put them in a situation where this can exist?
1: the first thing that I thought of was uh, Breaking Bad whenever the, uh, the the two twin brothers, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the, the grandpa or whatever is like drowning the one brother in the cooler. And <laughs> then and then the other is like looking at the other brother and he's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And his other brother like, you know, was like punching Punches him it. and everything yeah. else. And he's like, you know, as they say, uh, familia, familia es todo, yeah. right? So fostering, I mean, like creating these, these situations for... Your children, uh, to potentially, um, you know, build that camaraderie within within the family unit, I think is is very important. That can be done by, uh, I think, just spending time with each other, um, and not only spending time in, you know, well, we're going to watch a movie or we're going to do this, but spending time like, I think us growing up, we did lots of things with dad that fostered camaraderie, things that were. Difficult, right? Things that were challenging, things that were like, you know, we—I wouldn't have been able to do this without my team, right? Yeah. And I still feel today, you know, there, there are very few people on this. I, I remember I went whitewater rafting with Dad. Um, this was, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, and you weren't there, but Dad and I were in this, um, uh, in, in a raft, and we we're in like a smaller raft, and I was like, man. I can't imagine like there are very few people in this world that I would trust to be like on the front or the back of this raft with me if I needed to get out of a hairy situation or if we needed to, you know, like, you know, okay, paddle or we needed to turn upstream and paddle upstream or something like that. Like there are very few people that I would trust wholeheartedly. That all I have to do is say, let's go, and we'll look at each other and we will accomplish the task, right? And it's not like, you know, oh I don't know, or I don't this or that or whatever. It's like, we'll do it. Yeah. And um and that that that's camaraderie. Oh yeah. Right? I think a lot of those are built in or one time we were hiking uh we are uh hiking into camp in Linvo Gorge. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's this big gorge in, in North Carolina in the mountains. And uh, you hike down into the bottom of the gorge. And then we were hiking along the river at the bottom. And then we hiked out the next day or two days later. Um, but when we when we hiked in, we got there late and it was raining and it was dark. And we had picked a trail called the Salty Flats. Yeah, the salty flats or sandy flats or whatever fl- it was. Yeah, it was a sandy flats. And yeah. we were like, we were like, oh, psh, that's going to be easy. Hike in, you know, at night or whatever. It's a flat. So yeah. we hike in. It was not flat. I well, mean, the it ranger, was like
0: the ranger said. Are
1: you well, sure? Well, 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 no. That was the next day. That was because we, we didn't go to the ranger station whenever oh, we came. Yeah. Whenever we went in, because it was dark and the ranger station was closed. So we get there. It's raining. There's some points to that trail where we had to take our backpacks off. We had to lower our backpacks down with rope and yeah. then climb down. And we were like, man, are we sure we're on the right trail or whatever? But we ended up getting down to the bottom. And two days later, when we hiked out, we went to the ranger station. And we were like, oh, yeah, we hiked in on the salty flats or sandy flats. Yeah, yeah. And the ranger was like, no, you didn't. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we did. You know, it was, it was dark. It was raining. So we decided not to, you know, the ranger station was closed. So he was like, that's like one of the steepest trails east of the Mississippi. And we were like, oh, <laughs> whoops. And so uh, just situations like that, you know, creating environments. Obviously, that was kind of a mistake environment, but yeah. it was tough and we, we did it. Yeah, I, I think
0: so. When I think about kids and how to build that camaraderie, I think primarily, I think probably one of the most go to is the sports teams. Uh, where you're working as a team and you're competing soccer, football, so, uh basketball ultimate, heck, ultimate Frisbee. I mean, there's lots of different ones. I think individual sports like golf or wrestling, I mean, they can also build camaraderie because your teammates are also competing, or a track, you know. But I think it's less so than when you have a sports team. Uh, I think other school, not just sports though, I think other school programs like debate club or, or band. DECA. Orchestra. I mean, DECA to some extent. I think there's other... Uh, you think about if you're in a play with some folks, uh, that would also build camaraderie. So there's lots of different things, uh, opportunities out there for you to put your kids in ways to build camaraderie. One of the f- best that I think we've been in is individually going like outside of, well, first of all, scouting. I think scouting has been a big opportunity for that. But then outside of scouting as just a family, going camping uh, going on hard things. I mean, I remember doing a wilderness survival with a bunch of guys. We were doing the wilderness survival merit badge with a bunch of guys. And one guy put his lean to over a poison Ivy patch. And another guy put his lean to over a an ant pile. And my poison Ivy was, and, and my lean to was kind of in like a little thing. And we were just huddled in there with, you have to basically go out there and just build your own little lean to. And you have like a poncho and you stay out night. You stayed sleep overnight out in the woods. And, uh, that was my favorite one. And it's cool because it builds this camaraderie, you're like, Oh man, like how did you sleep last night? And like, how was it for you? And this is how it was for me, and you're like helping each other out or whatever, you know? And so it kind of builds that that kind of team environment, especially when you're suffering. I mean, I think I remember those times when it was snowing and we went camping or when it was raining, those are the times you almost remember the most because you're all kind of there suffering together.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, lastly kind of for me I I had put together some of the the benefits of camaraderie yeah Um, and these were some of the ones that I would picked out I think uh, one of them is increased morale if you have good camaraderie then you can you're constantly encouraging each other and, and everything else I think that can kind of go the opposite direction too because sometimes if you have like a sour apple in the group then it can kind of poison the well for everybody else but I think Good, healthy camaraderie can build a positive supporting atmosphere, uh, increase morale, enhance team performance. I think a team that, that, you know, a family that prays together stays together, right? Uh, A team that that practices together and they like each other, they're going to do better. Uh, Just they're going to perform better. Uh, Stress reduction. Um, I think just having a kind of a, a, a net or a family or people to rely on to know that it supports you helps to reduce stress. Improve communication, the trust and understanding with a group kind of fosters communication, which is good. Um, higher resilience, and then that, and that kind of goes into – higher resilience kind of goes into a quote that I have for later. Okay. And then the last one is it encourages innovation. Yeah. Uh, this kind of goes with uh, a lot of times at work, right? They're like, oh, we want to collaborate together, collaborate, um, which is good because I think a lot of times you get people together in meetings that have different opinions, different ideas, different experiences, and you can get some pretty innovative ideas and, 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 and solutions to problems that if I was just trying to tackle this the, the problem by myself that I wouldn't have maybe thought of. So some of the benefits of camaraderie. Yeah. I like that those are good.
0: Well, let's let's do our... Uh, we're going to share a quote uh, about camaraderie. Uh, and I guess I'll, sh- I'll share mine first, if that's okay. So, mine is by a little-known little guy named Genghis Khan.
1: Oh. Basically... Little-known kn- little posterity. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, the whole world has almost descended to him. So, I think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where if we suffer together, then oftentimes that's where camaraderie is built. So, he said, When it was wet... We bore the wet together. When it was cold, we bore the cold together. And that's it. So I I think that that just simple quote says a lot about like, he experienced those same things as his men, and that forged them together, uh, whether through wetness or through uh, cold or or whatever heat, all these elements that were being thrown at them, they were all in it together, and that's what built them together as a strong team. So love that quote.
1: I like it. Um, my quote is simple, but I think you're going to like it because you've used this quote before, right? So the quote is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think this is an excellent representation of what camaraderie can be. Sometimes it's good to go fast, right? But. A lot of times it's better to go far and accomplish more and together you can go far. I I, I love that. I think it's so true. I have seen in my life times where just having that camaraderie has helped to improve my my day, my morale, my financial situation, you know, my being able to rely on someone, but also knowing that someone is relying on you is a huge uh, responsibility, and I think that's something that as fathers we can teach our kids in small doses at first, right? Um, but then later on, as they get a little bit older, right? Give the um, right now. My uh, nine-year-old is starting to mow the grass by himself, and he can mow the grass. And nice, you know, his little brother will go around and you know pick up the stuff, remove the trash cans, or do whatever. And then once we get to the point to where the the seven year old can mow the grass then I'll teach the you know nine year old or at that time you know ten eleven year old to use the weed eater and then I'll say hey you guys go out you do it together figure it out together yeah and 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 build those bonds together um, and so that's what I feel about camaraderie love it well
0: this has been a great episode a great review of a of a critical virtue that uh, should be a part of any any young person's life and any man's life. And I think the best way, one of the themes of our podcast is not only teaching our kids these things, uh, we're both uh, fathers of four kids, but it's living these principles. As we live them and model them to our kids, uh, that would be the best way to teach them. So uh, with that, uh, thank you for joining and let's build our creed together.
1: All right, let's do it.